Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Comeuppance Reviews podcast. This is Brett from Comeuppance Reviews. Hey, it's time, man. We're back once again. You know, we just did a, a hot pod fresh out the fryer. You know, <laughs> yep, uh, we sure did after our long break. And um, yeah. well, we Ty, there was <laughs> we back once again. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, th- there was a certain milestone that you wanted to talk about. Sure do. We're almost at 100 episodes and also four years of doing this pod. Isn't that crazy? That yes, it seems like it was only yesterday when it was Halloween night of yeah. 2019 when we first started doing this podcast. And now yeah. here we are four years later. Yeah, it's um, almost so, Halloween now. So so that's amazing. Yeah, almost Halloween now. So it's, it's four years. And I guess we should probably take this time to thank everyone yeah, who's listened to us. Sure. And uh, whether you've listened to that first episode and all the way through, or this is the first one you're hearing, we really want to say thank you. Yeah, thanks. And we appreciate you a lot. Yeah. We appreciate you. Dan Jeff appreciates you. I get Dolph appreciate you too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, how about a hearty wow from Owen oh, Wilson? Wow, four years. <laughs> Sounds like that. <laughs> um, uh, Liam Neeson also wanted to I say. I wanted to congratulate you for. <laughs> I can't do that one. I wanted to congratulate you for four years of listening, Lenore. So it's like. I don't All right, know who so. You are. I don't know what you want. That's want true. We listen. don't know. We don't know who's out there. I mean, we don't know point. who's listening. You know, we, there's yeah. people from all over the world, presumably listening. So we well, don't know who you are. In most that's cases. true. That's what Leland was talking about. The whole podcast. You know, it's like the whole yeah. movie of Taken. The whole podcast. Yeah. The whole mm-hmm. podcast of Taken. Is that, hmm, I, you know, I bet they do. They do like these TV show podcasts. You ever notice that? Like, listen to the companion podcast of Interview with the Vampire, AMC. Yeah. Like, so soon they'll do the Taken podcast, I guess. I guess. I mean, I thought about doing one when I started Knight Rider because I, oh, that's know, interesting. I'm starting from the beginning. It would be good. But, you know, it's a lot of work. And um, I don't know. What do you I say? Really like Garf does this. Garf yeah, does well, yeah. that. Well, yeah, I thought about it. It'd be like maybe a quick breakdown with some facts. You know, whatever anyone else does with these shows. I thought I should, there's only you only start watching Knight Rider of 86 episodes once. Maybe I could turn <laughs> it into a podcast. And I look, there are other Knight Rider podcasts. Oh, there not, are. OK. But not. Not a episode by episode like oh okay so what, what do they mean? have I don't know just people talking about it I guess but it, it didn't look like there were episodes in order from what I could oh, see. oh you got to do an order man that's so, neat but well, his, go ahead I'm not gonna be doing that so it's okay if someone else wants well, to do it go ahead well it gives anybody ideas but there's also goes through the Renegade podcast or the Cobra podcast the the show yeah oh yeah there's <laughs> lots of shows people aren't doing so. And maybe when I start the A-Team, I don't know. We're probably not going to start a whole new podcast, to be honest. I understand um, that. You know, B.A. Barakas did this, Face did mm-hmm. that. You know, it's like. Yep. <laughs> but, uh, all right, so that was our anniversary. And, you know, we just, the last pod we did was Song 2. Or, you know, Song in the Key of Action <laughs> Part 2. Song 2, it's your favorite Blur song, right? Well, I understand you have some some facts about well, the I looked Blur up, song. Well, I was looking up Song 2. It's like, first off, we're Song 3, but see. It's all a joke by Blur and Damon Albarn. This is supposed to be a parody of Smells Like Teen Spirit. So that's why the, the, the lyrics are really dumb. It's like, I got my head checked by a jumbo jet. <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> yeah, so... so 
Yeah, so, the, but what they didn't expect was that the song would become like a really big hit and everyone would really like it. I, I um, guess so. That's kind of, it's almost like, I wouldn't say serious Weird Al, but it's like, I guess it was a hit. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of funny. And because if you listen to it, it you can kind of tell like with the guitar and everything that it's sort of like a influenced by it or a parody of it. It's yeah. I mean, that's a good idea. I, mean, I guess it was... Uh, and oh, the song's, like, really short, too. Really, really listen to it. It's, like, less than two minutes long. <laughs> um, like, <laughs> well, and a, another funny thing is, I think after mm-hmm. Song 2 was a surprise hit, um, I think the record company was like, well, do another one like that. And I'm sure Blur didn't want to. Because, you know, I think Blur is known for more of their intelligent lyrics, not so much their stupid lyrics. And so well, you probably got these dang corporate suits saying song team was good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, I, they the whole parody aspect of it was probably completely over their heads, oh, and they said, goodness. you know what I mean. So they were probably like, well, do another song too. If it was up to them, they'd be doing song twos for the rest of their career. Yeah, song um, three, song four. I bet the the their suits counting their beans. Yeah, they stopped. So it's just like, <laughs> damn bean counters. It's like, <laughs> well, <laughs> exactly. So. Um, so then Blur did. So I think this is just my opinion, but it, it's pretty likely. I mean, I've never read anything to this effect, but I'm pretty sure this is what happened. So okay. then af- after Song 2 was a success and they were probably under pressure to do another one, they did a song called Crazy Beat. And mm-hmm. it's it's another song with intentionally stupid lyrics. And I think they're kind of like, okay, here's your song. Okay, bye. And you know, they kind of <laughs> said like, okay, you know, here's what you wanted, stupid, bye. And they and they kind of moved on to the other stuff they were doing. So I think I think with Crazy Beat, that's kind of like they were saying basically like a middle finger to the company saying, okay, you want your stupid follow-up song? Here it is. Because that song is very beat. stupid. Yeah. Crazy Beat is very stupid too in a kind of okay. a different way. Um, okay. And- so it's, it, I think even when you listen to it, I'm pretty sure that's what they were thinking, but, you know, I, I can't get into no, that. I think stuff, they're pretty but, smart people. They know what to do. They, they are. They need to get so, rid of these dang suits, you know. It's like, just get them off their back. So, it's probably really annoying. Like, so where's I, my album? It's like, it's like. Where's my Albarn? Yeah. Exactly. Oh, so, oh Damon Albarn album. Yeah. Albarn, yeah. I can't even say Albarn album. I can't even say it. Um, <laughs> but we should but, probably stop talking about Blur, which we could. It could be a Blur podcast. I mean, I could talk but, about Blur or Brit pop all day, but we should probably move on to grab bag of gems part two. Yes. Or whatever we're calling I we're, I'm calling it. I think I, well, I call it encore of gems, but we're going to okay. change the title. <laughs> well, we haven't really settled on a title, but the idea is that, you know, yes, we want to bring these gems to the public's attention. And we did that, or we tried to do it with the other episodes. So that does honor all the gems. We have more gems. So here's the gems. Well, these are the movies. The goal of the podcast really is, to talk about every movie on the site so i think grab bag full of gems was a hit so let's do encore bag of gems and we're gonna jump right into it with the letter a let's see what let's see what i guess which movie this oh is. there's no way i, I okay. there's what do we say there's 1400 reviews yeah. i can't just <laughs> guess one out of 1400 i'm sorry oh, okay but i will say it is assassin's run from 2013 so, hmm. so it's directed by Sophia Sky and Robert Crombie, not oh. Abercrombie. Robert, <laughs> Robert, no Crombie. Fitch either. It's like, um, wait, uh, LFO. I like. I knew you were. I would, notice I didn't say anything because I was waiting for you to mention LFO. Yeah. Oh, okay. I know you like that song, right? Um, I wouldn't it's say really I, kind of a silly song. Also, I, it, it's. I, I just think the song is very weird because it's kind of like a boy band song, but the lyrics are so strange. 
I just, I'm not sure what they were thinking. It, well, were they trying to parody it? in a way? Maybe it was. I, you know, I don't know the whole story behind it, but I just think it's very strange that like a pop boy band type song would feature the line Chinese food makes me sick. <laughs> I just think that's just that's very unusual to me. I just don't think. Well, that... <laughs> I get, that's I think MSG. People were talking about MSG a lot. Sure. Back in the late nineties, because like, oh, MSG, that's not good for you. No, no. <laughs> so obviously, going to, yeah, yeah, Kevin exactly. Cron- no, Kevin Cronin is the guy from Mario Speedway. And, uh, his name's Cronin, I think, and he passed Cronin. away. Not uh, Hume Cronin. He did not. He's not an LFO. <laughs> not last I checked, but uh, that would be funny to see. He's doing the dance moves and uh, yeah, he's like really good at. It. He's wearing like a, like a basketball T-shirt and shorts. It's like, <laughs> it's like it's so... <laughs> all right, so we're gonna off the rails here. Okay, this is Assassin's Run from 2013, also known as White Swan. And I never would have so, guessed that. You said guess. Uh, I never yeah. would have guessed Assassin's. I'm, but I kind of see why you did it. Because yeah, White I'll Swan little... as opposed to Black Swan. Which... Oh, yeah. Yeah, Black Swan. Which also is a good movie. Oh, but yeah, yeah very much serious. so. Yeah, but it's not. Uh, you know. but I'll give you a little clue about what I'm picking today. It's a mixture of what we said before we didn't talk about in the last Grab Bag of Gems. And maybe something that might I could do my impressions. Keep that in <laughs> okay. mind. So, <laughs> So this is an example, Assassin's Run. So because Maya, that's Christian Slater. Christian right? Slater. So, so Maya Sofia Skaya, she has the perfect life. She has the she's a highly trained professional ballerina, and her husband Michael Christian Slater is a high powered businessman. They have a young daughter, but things take a hundred eighty degree pirouette turn when some <laughs> evil Russian gangsters uh, uh, maybe uh, get rid of Michael. <laughs> Kidnap the daughter and then send Maya to prison on a jet depth charge. So with baddies hot on her trail, Maya pe- penches, I would say, penches on the only training she knows, taps the awesome power of ballet. So she has discipline, athleticism, and flexibility. So she does all the high kicks and spins on her opponents. I think that's very clever. I mean, uh, as a plot idea, yeah, I agree. I mean, that's what uh, we said. So it's I, like the Russian ballet. Why it took 2013 to put and action movies? Why did it took till 2013 to figure this out? <laughs> well, I, I mean, the idea is it's very close to genius. I don't know if it, it yeah. you know achieves genius status, but it's really close. It's like what if a what if a ballerina had to use her ballerina skills to fight the baddies? Um, yeah, that's a great idea. You know, look at Christian Slater. It's like my wife's a ballerina. It's like <laughs> it's like okay. And he's on the phone the whole time, really. Yeah, he's mostly. On, that's what I remember. He's mostly on the phone or in a car yeah. on the phone or yeah. elsewhere on a phone. Um, but it's not really about him. It's more about no, her. It's know? more about Sophia, and she does all these cool kicks and spins and beats up the baddies. Actually, really does deliver the goods. The cover, and, though, the mm-hmm. cover for the DVD is very junky. It's a picture. Also, Cole Hauser uh, co-stars as like a government agent guy. It's a mix. It's just if you look at the cover, it's uh, Christian Slater and Cole Hauser, and they're like in military garb, mm-hmm. and like it looks like Afghanistan. That's not the movie at all. No, 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 no. Isn't it's almost like crazy? Los Bravos. It's it is it, it yeah. because you know we well, watch Los Bravos. Los Bravos so. The cover makes it look like one of those homey movies. It's not. No. Um, but you know, think you'd think when you have a golden idea like this on your hands, you would exploit that. You know. Yeah. Why not? You know, you have this great idea. Why would you do that other thing with the military garb? It just makes absolutely no sense when you have an awesome idea with, you know, with Sophia Sky as the ballerina. So I, that is a puzzler. I have no idea. So it's almost like a, it's like a fun version, almost like Jim Cotta in a way. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is like Jim Cotta. Yeah, but I think it's it's just as good as Jim Cotta. Well, Jim Cotta is like a special level of silly. This one's pretty good yeah. though. I would definitely. Recommend I mean, for 2013, it. you know, when most DTV movies aren't as good as they used to be, as far as like the modern day era of DTV, this is probably one of the better ones. I'd say in the top five, the top eight, you know, which I know is all about MySpace, top eight. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tom. Tom's in your top eight. I hope not. You know, Tom is just for everyone. You gotta have your own friends. Well, but if you have true. no friends, you gotta have you have Tom. So yeah, I would definitely recommend this one. Also, there's a couple other things. There's a song by Sofia Skaya. So she sings it. It's called "Before You Slipped Away." It's kind of like <laughs> ballet slipper. <laughs> well, and she's then, very talented. You know, oh, very talented. Act, she co-directed the movie. <laughs> Saying the end credit song, she's doing everything. She talks to Christian Slater on the phone uh, and sees him in person. So, oh, he also said that Cole Hauser looks alarmingly like Spencer Pratt, as we called Forgotten About Boyle on Society. <laughs> <laughs> but I did forget about until just now, again. Remember Spidey? <laughs> uh, now that you mention it, yes. yes. Well, uh, as you would say, that's all we had. You know, that was like. That's what all was we it? had. Even 2013, you know, I think they were gone by 2013. Yeah, but, but I mean, know, when they were in the news, it was all we had. It, that's it. Like, they're on Access Hollywood all day doing whatever. It's all ridiculous. It's like... <laughs> all right, so that's so, Assassin's... Uh, that's Assassin's Run or White Swan. So we'll go to our next movie, another classic, which is uh, Bums. Oh. Yeah, so, bums and Nuds and Bums and <laughs> Yeah, see, that's another made-up song. Yeah, we made up that's that song. That's not actually in there. No, it's from 1993. It stars Christopher McDonald, Haskell Phillips, and Don Evans. <laughs> They're homeless, jobless, defenseless, until now. So Sergeant, Master Sergeant Andrew Holloman, Christopher McDonald, comes home from the Army to find his long-lost brother, who he discovers is now a bum. <laughs> but now there's like a serial killer killing bums. So just, he wears like an evil gray suit. And he killed bums. Mm-hmm. And the movie's <laughs> called Bums. Yeah. It's just called Bums. And then Holloman try he recruits more bums to fight the serial killer of bums. <laughs> um, and then he yeah, that's the plot. That's the plot. So mm-hmm. they do army exercises, push-ups, jumping jacks, reconnaissance. Uh, and then Sergeant Holloman's second man is a bum named Smiley. Uh, do you remember Smiley? I remember uh, something about a deadly crab hold. You're correct. Yes, he resembles W.C. Fields, and he regales his fellow bombs with tales of his deadly crab hold around the oil drum fire. And he yeah. takes a shower. I, re- I do remember that. On. Yep, I remember the deadly crab hold scene like it was yesterday. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Because it's weird. Like deadly I guess it's crab weird. hold. It's like- I guess maybe they were implying he used to be a wrestler and his pre-bomb life and he can now use that skill to fight the baddie and there's also some great bums in this yeah exactly there's some great bums in this group of bums fighting the serial killer bums animal he's a big fat bum hayashi is the asian bum sloan roach and teach who quotes ben franklin so they all have their wacky quotes and personality or quirks so and there's also just time to go into bum to bum combat <laughs> now what do listeners from the UK think about this? Because okay. doesn't bum to them mean like your butt? I mean, I guess, yeah. <laughs> I guess it would be homeless person. Yeah, like, or that, hobo. Universal. Hobo, I guess. You know, um, transient, vagrant. Yeah. vagrant. I'm trying to think of what are some other words. UK um, words for bums. Yeah, that's a good point. These are called vagrants. 
And yeah, I bet they were called homeless everywhere in America. Yeah, homeless. They're just they're homeless people. Yeah, they're um, just homeless but, people. They're freaking bums. It's like, <laughs> but, but homeless people is too many syllables. Just to shorten it and make it nice and snappy, bums. It's one syllable. It's yeah. easier to say. Yeah, it's a homeless person who has no job or no house, no car. It's like, it's like, <laughs> it's like too long. What you're doing yeah. now in these days in this wacky language we live in. Yeah, it's, no, it's true. And so, but this, this is an interesting movie because I think it didn't really get a lot of distribution. Like, I don't think this ended up in, you know, a lot of video stores. I don't think it played on cable too much, if ever. Uh, this well, is kind of a forgotten movie. It is, because here's the thing. The cover is kind of cool, if you remember the cover. It's this huge gun. Yeah. And there's a guy looking through it and it says bums. And he found this at Salvation Army. Sure did. That was an amazing find, like bums. I I thought they were saying bums in this episode already. (laughs) Maybe like 15, 20 times already. Um, Then again, to find it at the Salvation Army is kind of appropriate because it's, isn't that, (laughs) you know. That's where the bums congregate. Yeah. So they have their own, oh yeah. (laughs) I should end it on this one, really. But the soundtrack is by the bums band. Yeah, yeah. blue songs like into the spirit of the film. I need to rewatch. I thought I rewatched it about three years ago, but maybe I'll rewatch it again. You know, because I gotta find it. But it might be like, time for a bums rewatch. I think so. People need to check out bums. It's from Monarch Home Video, which is kind of a mainstream. Yeah, that's why I'm surprised. Maybe they didn't have a lot of faith in the bums. I mean, I don't know. It's, but I, you never hear anyone talking about this. You never, it, like, it never comes up. It never. This is just like a under the radar kind of movie and it's a tape only yeah. gem i'm sure oh absolutely uh, it'd be amazing bums is on a uh, dvd or blu-ray from uh, <laughs> vinegar syndrome <laughs> <laughs> i mean if they came out with bums i don't think it would surprise me too much but would you buy the new version i can't unless you have like soundtrack maybe the soundtrack with the bums band or maybe some christopher mcdonald interview <laughs> or something but this is such a tape only gem it's amazing yeah yeah, I mean, uh, commentary by Smiley, maybe. <laughs> As Smiley. As Smiley. <laughs> I'm assuming that was Haskell Phillips. I don't have the IMDb page up, but... That's okay. Yeah. All um, right, so Bunk, that's, right. that's a good one to highlight, I would say. Oh, thank you. Now, I'm going to go... I guess I'll just try to go in alphabetical order, in a way. So we're going to... Um, all right, I'll do this. Well, I'll do The Butcher next, from 2009, because it's right there. It's right next to Freaking Bums. <laughs> it's what I call Freaking Bums. <laughs> So it starts amazing cast. Eric Roberts, Jerry Trimble, Robert Davi, Keith David, Bokeem Woodbine, Vernon Wells, and Michael Ironside. Hey, wow. Yeah, great cast. Yeah. So the cast, or the cast, the, the plot says, Eric Roberts plays Merle the Butcher Hench. He's one cool dude. Ex-boxer. Has a pair of golden guns. He drives a 1969 Dodge Charger. His temperament is very even. Doesn't yell. He's an enforcer for the Irish mobs named Murdoch, played by Robert Davi. And he's highly skilled in the science of violence. <laughs> so, uh, Merle's luck begins to change. He starts to, he's, kind of, he's still kind of down on his luck, in a way, Merle. So his luck begins to change when he wins some money from Chinatown Pete, played by Bokeem Woodbine. <laughs> okay. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. That tracks, as they say. And then, um, unfortunately, uh, there's some killers after him now, after he takes his money. And he uh, he wants to run off to the sunset with her, with his girlfriend, waitress named Jackie. But watch out for these assassins. So we said it's a fantastic showcase for Eric Roberts, which I think it is. What And Jerry Trimble. Well, I was going to say, Jerry Trimble, this might be his best overall role in terms of his acting. His acting's fantastic. He's like, he's going toe-to-toe with Eric Roberts and almost outacting Eric a little bit, I think. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I would agree. But this has what you want. As cool shootings and action scenes and Jerry Trimble. Yeah. It's a little long. It's about almost two hours. But I get it, because you have to deliver all this action and violence. And acting. And and plot. It's also called Gun for Hire. I mean, I get why they have a different title, because The Butcher kind of makes it seem like a horror movie. That's Um, true. But I kind of like it's called The Butcher here, because he's butchering everyone. (laughs) (laughs) I get it. I mean, he's shooting them. I mean, he doesn't have, like, a butcher knife or anything like that. So, yeah, this is, I think it's a really underrated action uh, actioner. So for yeah, sure. it's, it's an, another one of these newer action movies, DTV things. It's it's good. I mean, it, you know, in the modern era, I would rank it in the top ten with the uh, White Swan, maybe. Yeah, so I'm just trying to get these these cool like newer movies out. So we're gonna go to our next movie now. Unless you want to talk more about the butcher. No, I think that's enough. Okay, we're gonna go to 1992, Distant Justice. Oh, there's George Kennedy and a J- Japanese man. Yep, Bunta Sugawara. Hopefully uh-huh. I'm saying that right. And he plays Inspector Ryo Yuki. He travels from Japan to Boston to not to not just take in the sights, but to visit his old buddy Tom Bradfield, George Kennedy. Uh, but his wife and daughter, you know, they get in trouble with some gangs, and guess who's out to, for revenge now? <laughs> Yuki. <laughs> oh, okay. And also, there's a trail of corruption that goes all the way to the top for an aspiring senator, Joe Foley, played by David Carradine. So he's raging for real revenge, that uh, Rio Yugi. <laughs> but guess who doesn't really help? Anybody. He's all on his own. So. so he's in a strange city. He's trying to get some distant justice, and yeah. he doesn't find all the help that he necessarily needs, even though George Kennedy... Is there? He's there, but he just—I he, can't help you, man. You know, it's just like you're—I think you're on your own. It's like I will be on my own. So it's just like so. That's what it sounds like. So uh, we thought it was way better than the similar movie called Double Deception. Wow, um, I remember I mean, that one? I I remember that we didn't like it, and I think this, yeah, this is a much better movie than Double Deception. But that that is kind of a low bar, but still, it's much better. But this is kind of gritty, though. The revenge tale has a lot of, you know, just assault scenes, but also some good blow-ups and shooting. And um, there's, a, there's a silly character named Sergeant Largent. Of course there is. It's like Warden Borden. Did I say that? that reason, you? Did you? Yes, you did. It's, it's, yeah. Could he relate to Hardcase and Fitz, Warden Borden? We may never know. Warden Borden, Sergeant Largent. I don't know how they come <laughs> up with this stuff. Uh, we also said there's a, you have to wait about an hour to see David Carradine, and it's very light on the Carradine. Yeah, but that was common practice for the time. I mean, there's a lot of movies where he makes a brief appearance. So <laughs> Wait, what was that one? Uh, well, he's in an art gallery for two seconds. Um, Why? Well, I, I can't remember the title now. <laughs> well, that's okay. But yeah, you know, but, he came He came and went. So, I mean, it's, it's common practice yeah. to have a Carradine sighting. It's not like we were really, you know, caring that much about that. And I just watched... Um, Midnight Fear of David Carradine. Which you get more of him in that. Than, than well, he's the main character, isn't he? Yeah, for the most part, yeah. So, Distant Justice, okay. I think I, I think this also might just be only on tape. Um, would you be interested in getting a copy down the line? or? Um, if a company such as Vinegar Syndrome released <laughs> it, it maybe. Um, we need to make our own like company. Yeah, that would like, be cool. How do you start a company like that? I think you, here's the thing you need. We need money. Oh, um, yeah. 
we need connections to the industry and we need to have like some sort of deals with these companies for again these cool movies if we can get those things we can have a company (laughs) well it's a tall order and from what i remember this is a japanese american co-production so i think there is yeah i think i don't know if it was toho or one of those japanese companies yeah whereas in japan where bunta sugiwara i think was a a bigger star you know they wanted to see if maybe he could play in america so they thought okay let's team up with george kennedy we'll get some americans involved and we'll send bunta to uh to america so that's a good idea i think it basically succeeded i think that's the movie you watch like okay it's pretty good i think it could have been just a little bit better but it still it still delivers on what you want which is revenge yes yes and it's and what year did it come out 1993 oh interesting so, but it has that kind of 1989 feel to it. That, that it kind of does, cool. doesn't it? Yeah. 92. So, because 92 was still kind of the 80s. Yeah, it's it was. Like, <laughs> I think it, the 80s crept in for at least a couple more years after 89. So, I, I, well, yeah, it's, it, I think we've mentioned this before how it didn't just stop in 1989. It kind of kept going a little bit the next couple of years. So, we're going to do another, uh, we're going back to the 80s actually right now. With 1987's Get the Terrorists. All oh, right, Get the Terrorists. Great yeah, title. Starring Craig Allen and Frank Ducks, mm-hmm. Willie Williams, and Nick Nicholson. So all the Philippine uh, cast regulars. So an evil man named Randolph Bear McLoggin, <laughs> played by, uh, well, doesn't have his name, Nick- Nicholas? Okay. Oh, George Nicholas. Sorry, George Nicholas. Uh, he's an evil head of a terrorist organization, misleadingly called People for Freedom. Um, and he has a senator on his payroll, Senator Murdoch, played by uh, Davidson, Mel Davidson. Didn't we, didn't we just have a Murdoch in one of the last movies? Or am I making that up? <laughs> well, what was the what we that we watched? D- that we, that you just mentioned was it was it Distant Justice or was it? No, that uh, was Senator Joe Foley. Oh, <laughs> there's another right. senator though. Okay. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> I'm a United States Senator. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got to do your uh, Marky Mark impression. Yeah, that's all I could say. It's just like, but you gotta love Shooter, and you gotta love um, Edge of Darkness. It's like I'm a United States Senator, and then uh, uh, Ray Winston says, "By what measure?" <laughs> so it's like, I can't do his impression. Like, by what measure? <laughs> so it's like I try and work on my statham too. It's like if you remember in well in Killer Elite the trailer. He, like Clive Owen calls him on the phone mm-hmm. and it's like I knew I'd find you and then Stephen says where'd you get this number it's, just, <laughs> it's a good movie <coughs> working on the impression <clears throat> I, I can tell it's a work in progress work but in keep progress. going keep keep okay, trying okay I'll, I'll be able to do one more time before the end of the podcast but it's hard to do I, it sounds better in my head than when I do it <laughs> well okay see that's the tricky part you have to translate it from your head to, the, to your mouth it's, it's, yeah <laughs> so we'll go back to get the tears Okay, so uh, now we hit to stop the people for freedom. <laughs> we had there's a team of professional badasses: Brock Towers, <laughs> Frank Ducks. Now that you can just stop there. There was Brock <laughs> Towers. I actually forgot about that. Strobe Walker. It was a great name. <laughs> and Klaus. <laughs> oh, Klaus. Yeah, played by Robert Marius. Oh, oh, Craig Allen plays Strobe Walker and Brock Towers. Oh, I said Frank Ducks. Okay. There's also a satellite, a jungle-dwelling satellite badass named Pierre, played by Nick Nicholson. Where our heroes get the terrorists, after all. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> Get the Terrace starts the way every movie, especially one called Get the Terrace, should. An up-tempo disco number called We're Gonna Get You by Ruth Vergara. We could have mentioned that on the last episode with the songs. Um, I guess so. I guess I forgot there was a song in this. It says that this, this almost has too much American masculinity and machismo for one screen. <laughs> you got the bar fight, you got the jungle action, you got the blow-ups. So... It's and it has Craig cool. Allen and and Frank Dukes and yeah. um and uh wait what is it Craig Allen Frank Dukes and who's the other guy um, Nick Nicholson no the um Robert Nick, Marius uh George Nicholas no. yeah George Nicholas George okay. Nicholas so that's a lot of uh you're right or, or I'm right and that's a lot of uh <laughs> it's a lot of it's a lot of you know masculinity for one movie which is interesting because there's no Americans involved in the production I don't think no, I think it's he, purely a Philippine you know, probably Chinese, Japanese, Asian co-production, you know. This is fun. It's really hard to find. I don't have a, we watched it on YouTube. So no, it's impossible hard. to find in the U.S. Maybe it's easy yeah. in some other countries, but in the U.S., no, no. Maybe in Japan, you know. Yeah, I think, I'm sure there's one, uh, like a Japanese tape, I'm sure of it, but here, no, got nothing. And people, you know, we had some comments. People like the movie. Well, who doesn't? Who wouldn't? Yeah. <laughs> this guy named Joseph Fragosa said, great review. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen this in a while. Pretty cool to see Frank Ducks put up, Dukes put up his Dukes. <laughs> Had to say it. You know. so, yeah, I know you love your good puns, right? Well, of course. Who doesn't? So we're going to go to our next movie. A movie you have not seen. Oh, um, okay. I just have to get it. Um, it's called Sugar Valentine. No, I have not it's, seen this. Uh, let me find it for... Here we go. 2004. 2004 Sugar Valentine. Directed by Jean-Claude Lamar. Stars Jean-Claude Lamar and Clifton Powell. So Jean-Claude Lamar, uh, he just like a regular. He wants to uh, like be like a regular dude, just living his life, right? Now, there's gangsters after him and a pimp. <laughs> and then he wants to just get away from the streets, man. So it's like that's really about it. But see, it's an interesting kind of drama because it's about pimps. You know, pimps are always evil. Or is there ever any happy pimps? Wow. Well, would there be? Well, see, there's hustle and flow. It's not really about pimping. You know, you've, you've heard of the movie, right? You know, well, yeah, I've heard of it, of course, yeah. but I've never seen it. Because it's hard out here for a pimp. That's what they yeah. say. So they're trying song. to give, drum up some sympathy for the pimps. Okay, so I actually would recommend Hustle and Flow. It's a good movie because I, I want to give something away. Mm, no, maybe I won't. But let's just say Terrence Howard does something cool to a person that <laughs> in the movie. Or just say, okay. like... That's wow, that's big and a half. But I just that's why I wrote that's why I picked Sugar Valentine because no one really talks about pimps anymore. You know, it pimps up and the hose are down. <laughs> you know, it's just like you sound like, you sound very disappointed by that. Obviously pimps aren't the greatest people, obviously. But let's try to make like a happy pimp movie one day. You know, remember what about Kramer? Lil pimp? Lil oh pimp. Little Pimp. That you know, I should have done Little Pimp and after this you know, Little Pimp was a happy pimp movie. You know, Bernie Mac plays uh like fruit juice or something. I watched this last year. And this is an animated comedy. People know what I'm talking about. It's about a little white kid who wants to be a pimp. So actually it is a happy pimp movie. But this that's animated. Let's have a live action happy pimp movie. Because John Claude Lamar made another movie called Brothers in Arms. Have you heard of this? Mm-hmm. Well, no. There's several movies called Brothers in Arms. Well this is from 2005 and has David Carradine. Of course. <laughs> and it's like a, it's a western. It's like an urban western. It has all your favorite urban stars. I think it has Corrupt. 
he's yes, he's a, uh, one of my. But favorites. he's not corrupt. <laughs> he's not the corrupt sheriff. No, no, uh, Derek Carradine's the corrupt sheriff. Uh, but corrupt is not the corrupt sheriff. He's the the not corrupt person. It was played by yeah. corrupt. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so corrupt. See, <laughs> the corrupt the corrupt town governor is named Driscoll, played by David Carradine. So it, I need to rewatch that. I remember him being a little junkie. Uh, Brothers in Arms. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. Corrupt in a junkie movie? No. No. <laughs> also, Ed Lauder is also in it. <laughs> okay, so that was the surprise Brothers in Arms thing. We're going to go to our next movie. Trigun Fire. Oh, another <laughs> one of these crazy Filipino movies. Yeah, I'm just looking around. It's like, oh, let's do that one. Because I think it's Sam Jones. So... A Trigon. What is Trigon? I mean, that's what you, if it ever came to the video stores here, you'd pick it up. What is Trigon? What is Trigon? What well, is Trigon? I'll tell you. Fire. Okay. The Trigon is a super weapon developed by several <laughs> world powers and has the capability of massive destruction. I love the Trigon. Great guy. Great person. Great weapon. Okay. <laughs> I call him Rocket Man. Oh, yeah. I call Little Marco Rocket Man. Actually, I'm switching up my paper. But it's like, <laughs> <laughs> you should do that. Wouldn't that be funny? Kim Jong Un. Yeah, you, you ever see that bit? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I just that if he see, he mixes up people's names all the time. I, yeah. I don't know. November. There was that uh, bit where he talks to Kim Jong Un. He's like, does anyone look very thin, very good looking? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and then it's like a kind of like almost like kind of a comedic kind of double take by Kim Jong Un when they show him <laughs> after he says that. It's like, what? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so he slapped him around a little. I mean, that's what Trump does. That's funny. I don't know. I don't. I don't it's politics, but that's funny. Come on. It, yeah, it was funny. <laughs> okay, all right. The the Trigon Fire. Okay, it's a super weapon. Uh, it's in three or tri parts, so all three parts are needed for it to work. And it's also called the Trigon Factor. Abdul Hasik. Part of the Palestinian Liberation Front steals part of the Trigon. Oh, topical. And he sells it to international terrorist Sarah McCoy. Nope. You, you, they can't stand a chance against James Ford, Sam Jones. <laughs> he swept up in all this intrigue. Because he also has mistaken identity, too. It's all very weird. He's just a doctor. He's not like a cool badass, unfortunately, Sam Jones. But here's why I picked it it's a weird Filipino movie, it has Mike Monty. And it also co-stars Blueberry as Sandra. All right, Blueberry. Yeah, I forgot Blueberry. about Blueberry. Yeah, I do. I don't remember anything about her, but her, her name is Blueberry. <laughs> so I need to know. That, that's basically what we said. It's like, that's all I need to know. Her name is Blueberry Sandra Powers. <laughs> that's about it. Uh, let's see. So there's a lot of goofy shooting, uh, green backdrops, screaming dialogue, and Mike Monty. <laughs> so it's um, but he, eventually he looks like a badass, um, uh, Sam Jones. Right, so there's a character arc. Yeah. And um, some guard tower falls. So I think... <laughs> and this is another funny part. Hopefully you didn't met this before. <laughs> you, have to watch the, you have to watch the end credits. Because you might be surprised to find these people were involved. Kurt Russell, Spike Lee, Wallace Shawn, John Hurt, Christopher Hitchens, Harvey Firestein, and Don King. Also, right, all Sam those people Shepard, are in the credits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. all in the credits. Neil Simon, Sam Shepard, Joe Orton, Peter Schaefer, Arthur Miller, and Stephen Sondheim. 
So someone was a, a fan of the legitimate theater. Um, so all so of, go they're ahead. all in the credits of Trigon Fire. Yes. This is, it's insane. Well, Jericho were having some fun, I guess. <laughs> they wanted to see if we were paying attention. Yeah, well, Sean, oh, I'm Trigon Fire. Oh. <laughs> Shooting, uh, uh, he has a laser. Pew, pew. <laughs> I think we've mentioned him before as a should have been an action star. Person. Yeah, we have. He's like shooting two machine guns at the same time and <laughs> jumping out the window looking like a badass. It's like, wow. This is as close as we're going to get is that he that was in the credits of Trigon Of a Teddy Page movie, I know. Yes. It's absolutely Right, ridiculous. Teddy Page. Yeah, it's, I, let's not forget that this is a Teddy Page film. So, um, that's about it. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> we, we've heard of Off-Broadway, but this is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's about as off as you can get. I guess that could be a musical. I don't know. <laughs> Steven Sondheim and Arthur Miller put, put them together. <laughs> well, it, you had the song, um, what song? You know, that, that you made up. It was based off the running wild uh, Trigon Fire. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a Trigon Fire. There's a Trigon <laughs> A Trigon Fire. <laughs> Something like that. that would be like a big... And then when Making he bows, Broadway. Yeah. 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 It would be like Sam Jones bows and like everyone bows. All these people in the credits bow. Spike Lee and Chris Richards. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. Well, see, that's the joy of these movies. You never yes. know what you're going to find. You never yeah. know what you're going to find. I think we were cracking up when we saw that. So. Yes. Now I'm going to go to something mildly familiar. Or not familiar. Fam- similar. Oh. Which is Militia. Militia. Right. Okay. So it's from the year 2000. It's uh, directed by Jim Wynorski and stars Dean Kane, uh, Jen Beals, <laughs> from mm-hmm. Force, Jeff Kober, Brett Butler, and Stacey Keaton. Uh-huh. So um, Ethan Carter's an ATF agent with an attitude. <laughs> so during a raid on the compound of the Militia group called Brotherhood of Liberty, Carter managed to shoot and wound its leader, William Fane. Played by Frederick Forrest. I don't remember that character. Fane ends up going to prison. And most of the compound, including the majority of the inhabitants, are torched. So now, late, years later, Carter is chosen to go undercover on a very special mission. He, he must, as a member of Brotherhood of Liberty. And now there's a new bad guy. George Armstrong. Montgomery. <laughs> Played by Stacey Cage. And also Jennifer Beals is hanging around as the ATF newbie named Julie mm. Sanders. Hmm. Uh, do you remember this? Um, um, I guess my memories would be that it was better than we thought it was going to be. You know, we've seen elements like this before in a lot of those plane slog type movies, but there's no planes and it has Dean Kane and some other good people and kind of rises above its station somewhat. Well, I read about that. Wow. Excellent memory, because that's basically what we said. We said it was a pleasant surprise. Uh, we were expecting the worst. We found this at the archive. I was so I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> But what's also interesting about this movie is that it takes footage from other movies. Oh, so, we all so love that. It has recycled footage from Rambo First Blood Part 2, American Ninja 2, Delta Force 2, and Terminator 2. <laughs> Maybe if and it's a sequel, it's less money to get the footage. It must be. I, I, like Sinodyne Industries, they always steal <laughs> that footage. <laughs> it's like, why, we said, why didn't you just call it the movie Milton Militia 2? <laughs> <laughs> But we said the you know, dialogue snappy, paces quick, and it's fun to play spot the footage. So this yeah. is actually pretty fun. I, I mean, like we we gave Dean Kane some good props. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stacey Keach could have been a bit more, but you know he does what he can. It's Stacey Keach. 
because, you know, I can see why our expectations were low. I mean, the year 2000, not the best time for movies. Jim Wynorski, uh-oh. Yeah. Um, then you put those two together and you think, mm, and then Militia, I don't know. And then we watch yeah. it and go, hey, this is pretty good. You know, it's, it's entertaining and for yeah. all the reasons you just said. It was like, wait a second, this is actually pretty fun. It's like, and uh, Brett Butler plays just a bartender, which is kind of a waste of time. Well, it's a cameo appearance. So, so there's a lot of machine gun shooting, rockets being launched. He's <laughs> like, Brad Few is attending the show, it's a true meeting of greats under fire. <laughs> well, see, but see, and this was kind of topical. I mean, you know, we had Ruby Ridge, Waco. Oh, yeah. Um, we love the raiding people. So it's like, yeah, raiding. Yes. Just bursting in whenever we want. So this was like perfect for, for that. You know, that's the thing about DTV. They can crank this stuff out quick, even though this came along, you know, later than those. But there was, I always liked those ideas, though, these like you know, cult leaders or, mm-hmm. you know, militia groups or ATF or, um, you know, mm-hmm. Ruby Ridge stuff. I think that's an interesting story. It they is. Make it these is. Cults. I obviously don't want to be in one, but there's something about it that keeps your attention. And there's also yep. some other silly stuff, um, which is there's a country store and it says it advertises cash for roadkill oh. and peppered cowboy jerky. Oh, dear. In front of peppered. <laughs> well, it's kind of oh. like Jake's, not Jake's, um, Jack Link's, you know. <laughs> Jack Link's, yeah. Jack Remember Jack Link's? They had those nuggets. They were pretty good. Yeah, I think Let's they took the nuggets. chicken ones. They, you know, they took <laughs> They took the chicken ones off the market. I think now they it's just, did. They did. Yeah. I wanted to talk nuggets, but we can't. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Jack Links <laughs> is stopping us from talking about nuggets. There was an all nugget restaurant I went to. What was that? One it's Philly? In New York, it's in New York City. It's called Nugs, and all they sell is chicken nuggets wow, and like okay. a variety of sauces. Did you, Did you like it? I remember liking it. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. At Nugs. <laughs> only in like new york could you get something like that but yeah i can honestly say i was at a nugget only restaurant <laughs> i'm very proud very oh, well remember i used to try to get chicken fingers all over the world uh, <laughs> you know like florida uh disney world chef mickey's yep chef mickey's yeah i think i, I think i hugged chef mickey because he was like uh you know a guy in a costume he's yeah. a guy in a costume how dare you? Right? no how, how dare you that was chef mickey Oh, I hunked him. I love him. Okay. <laughs> All right, okay, so that's militia. So uh... that's militia for you. We'll go to our next. Actually, it was originally going to be the butcher, but I'm in the bees, so we're going to go to Manigan's Force. Oh, another one of these Filipino movies with masculine people. Yeah, I just have to get it. So I don't know how to spell Manigan. Okay, so well, has George Man- Nicholas. Yeah. George Nichol. Yeah, George Nichol- Nichols. Or- Nicholas. I think it goes that's back and forth. That's confusing, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, I'm not sure which one's his real name, but I've seen him credited both ways. So I guess there's a silly quote from the movie. It says, red alert for the fiesta. <laughs> don't remember that. I don't remember that part. It's from 1988 or 1980 great coming soon for <laughs> part two and 1989. So. <laughs> yeah, so it's in that golden two year span of all this great stuff. So real American hero Jack Mannigan assembles a team of fellow American war dogs to overthrow an evil dictator in the Central American country of Sanagua. Your mission also requires them to save four American hostages and recoup crates of guns. Their target is General Alfuro and or General, sorry, General Alfuro. And Mannigan's team consists of Han Sang Kook, <laughs> played by 
Tsintsintsai, Frank Stack, great, played by David Anderson, and Bill Peters, played by Jim Moss. Um, so Man Gets Forced is a combination of a uh, exploding hunter and El Presidente movie. Right, because so, that's another thing that was big at the time, those, you know, South Central American things, and there's a dictator, and we have to go in and overthrow them. I mean, we've seen countless movies like that, and TV show episodes. I know, El Presidente. I mean, like, what do you remember from this one? Uh, George Nicholas, the shirtless and shooting machine gun. That wow, you're right. <laughs> so that's what we said. He says he's oiled up, <laughs> screaming while firing two machine guns in slow motion. <laughs> that's like what I want Wallace Shawn to do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, at least we got George Nicholas to do it. I mean, that's yeah, you know, if you can't have first, you can go second best. Yeah, you know? yeah, he's second. Yeah, it's first Wallace Shawn, then George Nichols. <laughs> See, this is why people listen to this podcast. Has anyone in the history of ever? compared george nicholas to wallace sean no no one this is original content yeah so we say it's worth the price of admission now this is really hard to find uh we had to watch on youtube i thought this was part of that that oh merc's box set yes thank you it's kind of junky look i want to get a better copy well then good luck finding the japanese vhs (laughs) i know but um george nichols also in that classic sakura killers Oh, yes. Yeah. So, so um, this is an interesting movie. I think it's just a, it's a classic exploring hunter movie that you just got to put on your list if you like those, you know? Yeah. So we said Nichols, as manly as he is, can only play a character named Man again. <laughs> so, yeah. And I think that's it for that one. Um, let me go over our next movie, which is The Maddening. We, talk, we promised to talk about the maddening in the, in the last grab bag of gems. So. Oh, we did? Oh, good. I re-listened to the episode so to make sure we don't do a repeat. So, oh, yeah. So I was like, oh, we talked about, we want to talk about the maddening? Oh, okay, sure. So well, I do remember something I wrote, though, which is it's exploitation at its finest. I'm, you're they're like reading it right now. That's what I'm reading right now. It's at its finest as the legendary Reynolds plays an evil psycho in this direct-to-video thriller. <laughs> It's directed by actor Danny Houston. I'm sure he is. I know what he thinks about (laughs) that, because I think he has a lot of prestige, and this is not very prestigious, but it happens. Well, well, because, you know, I'm assuming he's the son or grandson of John Houston, right? Um, I I never actually looked into that. Or Angelica Houston. I'm assuming they're they're part of that family somehow. Yeah, Yeah, that's my guess. I could be wrong. It also has Angie Dickinson, Mia Sarah, and Josh Mostel. You know know who that is? Is that Zero's son? Oh, that's a good question, too. Josh Mazzell's one of these, like, overweight character actors. You know, he's in Billy Madison. He's, like, the goofy principal. Do you remember this character? I saw Billy Madison once when it first came out. I remember almost nothing. Like, what happens in Billy Madison, this character, like, he's, like, a goofy principal. Hey, I just want to help kids. But, yeah, it's a good performance for a comedic movie, you know. So, in this movie, Roy Scudder, played by the (laughs) Bergster. Yeah, got the cool name, Scudder. <laughs> of course his name is Roy Scudder. That's just like the perfect name for Well, wait, well, who's the character from Walkman Tunes that Liam played? Oh, Liam Scudder? Oh, it's Matt um, Scudder, right? Oh, maybe they're related. I'm Matt Scudder. <laughs> it's like, a, I mean, like, that's how I did the impression. That's how I learned the Liam impression by watching uh, Walkman and Tombstone TV spots. I'm not I, Roy Scudder. Yeah. I'm, I don't know who you are. I am not Roy Scudder. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's pretty good, yeah. Well, I, I work on it every day. Um, so it, 
Roy Scotter and his wife Georgina, played by Angie Dickinson, live in a creepy old house somewhere in the backwoods of Florida for their twisted psychological ends. They kidnap Cassie Osborne, played by Mia Sarah, and their young daughter named Samantha Burglowitz. We don't have a name for that? Why is it? Okay, well, I'll fix that. Some last name of Burglowitz. And force okay. them to become members of their family. And also, uh, William Hickey's creepy as usual as like a grandpa. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> pretty much what he played a lot. Well, he, I bet he's actually secretly young. You know, I always say that, uh, it's like, he just looks and sounds old, like, I'm William Hickey. But it's like, <laughs> who does, that's not a really good impression, but you know who I'm, that voice, right, that weird voice. So then Bert gets crazier and crazier, because this is the maddening. <laughs> There's a lot of musical, musical stings, comical, fat detective guy. Um, also, Bert Reynolds has, like, some sort of Cajun accent, and, uh, his absurd toupee he wears looks like a squirrel glued to his head. <laughs> yeah, that seems about right. But I'm sure it was done for a character because he's a backwoods fellow. Yeah, he's a backwoods fellow. It's like Hunter's Moon. Where he, to, he, has, where he wore this um, weird uh, like hair piece that's like a long hair piece. Very I said, wasn't that more of a ponytail or something? Mm, it's like longish hair, just like long white hair. <laughs> so. So we said the Madding's kind of an oddity. It's weird. I, here's the thing. I got rid of it at a tape purge. Huge wow. mistake. I'm going to get it Huge. back very soon. One of my biggest tape purge mistakes, I think, was getting rid of the Madding. Because yeah, here's the thing. It's not the great, I, I was being <laughs> mad, I guess. Also, it's called yeah. Der Psychopath. You know, in other countries. You mean what, in Germany? In Germany, Der Psychopath. But, um, isn't it kind of cool to see Roy Scudder or Bert as like a psycho? It's kind of fun. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know if he Bert ever played psycho. He never played a psycho other than this, did he? Not really. He just plays kind of like, you know, good old boys or older good old boys. <laughs> wait, wait, is that part of the uh, Dukes of Hazard? He's a good old boy. <laughs> I believe so. Okay. Like, I, I, yeah. I tried to watch Dukes of Hazard. I mean, it's all right. I mean, have you watched any? No, but I remember being very big at that time. There was a point in time when that was like a huge show. And that was like really in the culture, you know, that. There were toys, lunch boxes, and everything. It was just like a big show in like 1980 or thereabouts. And um, so no, but I remember it being a big part of the part of the zeitgeist, as they said. And our buddy, our collaborator, uh, Matt Connor, commented on this post all the way back from 2012, and he said the Madden used to be on TV all the time. Not long after it came out, I remember the ads for it with this dark, foreboding voice telling us the Madden. Starring Burt Reynolds, Saturday at 10. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds fun. Right. Good memory. We just have a few more movies. This is a fast-paced up. Um, we have two more. Our, I did 13. Well, it's almost, I did 11 movies already. All right, so this is our 12th movie, which is The Package, um, which starts Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> so, anyway, to uh, sneak in the impression, you know. So, The Package. Do you remember this from 2012? The Package. That's not the one where he has the suitcase, you know. Uh, manacled dudes. No, that's the peacekeeper. Right, right. The package. I'm trying to remember what was the package. Oh, well, I will tell you. And okay. also, the the peacekeeper starred Roy Scheider, not Roy Scudder. <laughs> right, right. Very similar. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I'd love to see Burt Reynolds and Roy Scheider in a movie, like a cool movie, like um, uh, let's see, what would be oh, like City Heat, but better. You know, yeah, or they're like punching cool, people. Yeah. Or stick or something like that. Like it's, it's Roy and Burt, like they're. They're back. They're like old grizzled cops, and they just they just they take down like a cool crime or like a crime ring, and they act really cool. 
They should Wouldn't do that. Wouldn't it be that. great? Uh, yeah. It'd be like, you know, hard spun or something like that. Like, yeah, because they're like old and grizzled. It's like, these attacks are hard spun. Like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, or they work in like a, like a metal factory and they have to spin the, you know, like the metal onto like a spindle. And so they're hard spun. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, and they're, but they're cops on the edge. They just brutalize criminals. I mean, this would be amazing. <laughs> Like, I get to see, like, both of them pick up, like, one guy's head and just knocks him into, like, a metal bar. <laughs> and it's just, like, that just, <laughs> that'd be great. And it had, like, a cool one. Like, either, like, a high five, kind of, or, like, a cool handshake or something. Wouldn't it be great? All right, but so, meanwhile, uh, they're, they're both kind of getting on in years, so. Yeah, they're getting a little old, you know? So, then, you, know, you know, what you're really saying is it's it would be, like, righteous kill, but better, if such a thing is possible. Yeah, well, that's not possible, but if it was possible, it would be just as good. Okay. <laughs> that, that, that made <laughs> enough sense so that we yeah. can move on. Okay, we're going to talk. We're talking the package from 2012. It's written by Jesse V. Johnson, starred Stone oh. Cold Steve Austin. Who also directed The Butcher, which I don't think we mentioned. Oh, yeah. Oh, interesting uh, coincidence. There. Dolph Lundgren, uh, Darren Shalavi, and Jerry Trimble. And Lachlan Monroe. <laughs> you love Lachlan Monroe. Okay, You've so seen Tommy, him enough, or, yeah. I just saw him in uh, that movie called Totally Killer. I watched yesterday. Uh, How was? Karen and Shipka. It's good. I mean, it's it's silly eighties kind of. It's good. It's a good like silly fun eighties comedy slasher. Mm-hmm. I would recommend it. Okay. I mean, I think if you I think if you like the Final Girls or I know Happy Death Day. I know you, I don't know if you watched that or not. No, I've never seen that. But uh... it's very similar, and it I think it does deliver though. All right, so here's the plot. Tommy, played by Stone Cold Steve Austin, his partner Julio, played by Mark Dupold, he's one of these like character actors you see a lot, are Iraq and Afghanistan veterans who work for a big shot mob boss named Big Doug, played by Eric Keenleyside, <laughs> the name. Uh, they go around collecting debts, and then one day Tommy's entrusted to deliver the package to rival crime lord, the German, played by Dolph Lundgren. Seems simple enough, but Tommy's life is about to get more stressful. Hordes of baddies are start chasing him, and they want, they want to deliver the package to the German. So Devin is the, is the commander, or put by Darren Shalavi, is the commander of the gang of highly trained assassins. And also Trimble's in that gang of assassins, too. Um, when do you remember this one? Um, not a whole heck of a lot, really. I mean, okay. I'm stone cold. I mean, yeah... It's tough. I, this okay, is... I get that. I understand your issue because he, it. I we said that we enjoyed it, but it kind of just fades to memory. You know? Yes. So all the movie really consists of is a series of fights between Stone Cold and various other characters. Um, so it's understandable that after ten years, I don't remember it too well. But, um... And then Dolph Lundgren, he's the villain, and he, he's named the German. No name. So like, <laughs> well, at least so he's he, not Russian. Well, what he says, like, he seems to play a lot of Russians, Americans, or now German characters. Never any Swedish ones. So, because he's the villain. He, you know, he's like Ivan Drago. And that's what he said. So, we said it's an entertaining and pleasant direct-to-video action viewing. <laughs> but it's um, in one eye, not the other, really. Because unfortunately. It doesn't I mean, really stick it, with you. It, when I was reading the review and looking this up, it's like, oh, right, the package. Yeah. <laughs> So it's it's basically like like, there's nothing wrong with it. It's a perfectly fine movie, but you just don't really remember it. No, no, but I, you know, I don't. I think we watched an old Netflix disc. Maybe I need to. I don't think I have my own copy, so I should just get my own copy. You got to, you know, keep collecting those Dolph Lundgren, you know. Yeah, true. I am the killing machine. (laughs) 
<laughs> Remember that in the, the cable guides? It's Dove Lundgren, it's the killing machine. So if you look it up on Comcast Cable or wherever cable company you have, just, that's the title. <laughs> I know, we've been we've been over that. I yeah. know, but it drives me nuts. Because we mentioned the killing machine in this review, so it made me think of it. Okay, so that's the package. But oh, Okay, so one more th- thing about the package. Which is, it's cool to see these people, Darren Shalavi, Jerry Trimble again. Because I think, you know, Jesse Johnson knows people want to see these cool action stars fighting Stone Cold or Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. Yeah, he understands. Like, if we were directors, we'd be like him, probably. Yeah, we'd try to find people and get the best action stars available, you know, and try to get Jerry Trimble. Exactly. I would get Jerry Trimble. Get, well, if I, I wish Robert Forster was still alive, but, and, or Powers Booth. <laughs> Those would be, they'd be in my movie. What the? I know. And George Nichols, of course, and Wallace Shawn. But like, but <laughs> all I the best Crystal. action stars. <laughs> We're on our last movie already. That was fast. Oh. Um, rapidly approaching the hour mark, so that kind of makes sense. That was really fast. Which is I See You. Oh. 2002. <laughs> detox. Also called or, Detox. Also known as Detox or The Outpost. So. Uh, Stallone plays Agent Jake Malloy, and a serial killer kills his girlfriend, played by Dina Meyer. And then he goes into a drunken stupor, and he's sent to a detox program for other alcoholic cops. And some are played by Stephen Lang, Robert Pat, well Robert Patrick, um, Chris yeah, Christopherson. Right, right, right. So he's kind of a jerk, if I remember correctly, like Robert Ooh, Patrick's. Yeah, Robert, uh, yeah. Robert Patrick. Yeah. And Charles Dustin, well, Dustin is Stallone's friend. Uh, and then Jeffrey Wright. Um, Robert Prosky. Yeah, good cast. Yeah, all your it's favorite a, character actors. And because this detox place is like out in the middle of the nowhere in the snow. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Is, yeah. So the serial killer has come back to find Malloy. What will happen? So you watched someone recently? Yeah, so I did. So I remember so what do you pretty, think? Much, pretty much liking it from the same director as I know what you did last summer, right? So um, it has some slasher-esque elements to it because there's a killer that's like bumping people off one by one kind of right in this it does um, yes it does in this facility but they try to class it up because it's you know it's has a budget behind it and has stallone and um yeah but there's still those uh, i want to call them trappings but i mean like it has those elements and especially i'd say the beginning is really good because you know you get the serial killers it's almost like a different movie it's like yeah it does yeah i agree it does kind of shift its tone and it's I like, did like the parts where they're not in that facility. Like the, I agree. I like the beginning because, you know, he's chasing after serial killer. He's, he's, is he going to get Dina Meyer? I don't know. And it's like, and Stallone actually puts a really good performance in it because he's all drunk and sad. And like, <laughs> it's like, but apparently he didn't like this movie too much. It didn't like working no. on it. Yeah. And I guess when this was coming out, it's supposed to come out in 1999, but it came out in 2002. So it was on the shelf. It was on the shelf for a while. I think there's I I read all into it. So Universal Pictures was supposed to distribute it, and it's like ah this sucks, and then they just put it, so they dropped it, and then uh, DEJ Productions, that mm-hmm. silly company, they put it out. They must have been so well, happy, like well, yeah, they were like thrilled because first off, it doesn't suck. I mean, no, you it doesn't. Say certain no, things, no. So I'm not sure what Universal was thinking. You could say certain things about it, but it doesn't suck. I mean, it's no. you know. I mean, because Detox I, has a different cut, which is kind of interesting. Right? Yes, I watched that version. There's a Blu-ray with both cuts, thankfully. So. I watched the Detox cut. You watched what? A regular ICU? I, I believe so, yes. Yeah, so the Detox cut's interesting. There's just some bits and pieces of new footage. It's really not that different. So I don't know what, why there's another version. There's like some 
pieces that are different. Some extra Dina Meyer, I think. But I, I will say the ending is kind of fun. Do you remember that? I won't give anything away. Yeah. Well, there's sort of like a slasher-esque chase, right? Where yeah, the chase, and yeah. it has the exposition. Like, you could, I found you, Malloy. Okay. <laughs> yes. Can you find me? <laughs> like, I love yeah, that yeah. stuff. I mean, I love when start, the killer starts yelling their name a yeah. hundred times. Oh, yes, yeah. And well, I don't know. Go we've ahead. mentioned this a bunch of times where, you know, in the commentary for Copland, there's a scene where I think it's Jean Groffalo and she's throwing up. And then yeah. Stallone says, she must have just read the script. I see you. Like, ah, very good. Dude, so apparently he didn't think much of the script. Well, this is 99, let's say 99, 2002. He was, he was definitely hitting the skids, old Sly. And like that's why he did Avenging Angelo and, you know. I wouldn't say, I know, backtrace, which is years later, but it's like, I, no, I think if you, oh, you want to do the backtrace? Sure. <laughs> yeah, why am I stuck and build the Ram Guzman? Uh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to make that more uh, intelligible. <laughs> so, <laughs> Maybe. I'm not sure if it worked or not, but. Oh, okay. Uh, I, what we're going to do in Sloan That's what we just bought, where it's like a, it's like a DVD where it has the French. Yeah, it does. Front. Yeah, that's backtrace, yeah. right? It's uh, Sylvester Stallone and Matthew Modine, or me, me, and then Matthew Modine and Ryan Guzman. <laughs> it's, like, it's like from The Boy Next Door. Right. What a fear knockoff, but still entertaining. It's the same movie. <laughs> it's the same movie. So well, you know, it's Hollywood. Stocks, yeah. Instead of a <laughs> younger Reese Witherspoon or Geese Witherspoon, then the last no. podcast is... Um, older j-lo right that's the only difference it's a, it's uh, a 20 the, the plot is the same it's the exact same plot as fear just, just you know take away reese and then put in j-lo so it's like but this has a horror movie ending if you remember where, where he's like an unstoppable killer of some sort right well where, yeah it's a little odd but i mean like it has that kind of horror-esque kill in it towards the end i hear that wasn't supposed to be in the movie and they they say oh let's do that <laughs> so it's like <laughs> No, that was a last-minute bit. I think that's a good idea. I like that kill. So I won't say what happens, since people want to see Boy Next Door. <laughs> well, those are all um, the picks I chose for uh, Encore Bag of Gems. Right, uh, so those are some good suggestions. That's, no, it's just that that's basically a, a bunch of suggestions for people for movies to yeah, check out. So you can add them to out. your watch list or want list or yeah, viewing list of some sort, and you can add, check them out. Add, add the cart, you know. Add life uh-huh. to cart. I heard that in some ad. Like, you can add your life to cart. Oh, that's impressive. <laughs> yeah, that's um, pretty cool, actually. Two-day shipping, though. Um, yeah, you have to wait for your life. <laughs> you have to wait for your life. I don't want your life. <laughs> so it's like, wow, got a lot of impressions in today. <laughs> well, that's just good old James Vanderbeek's Varsity Blues. Have you seen it or? No. Um, that's yeah, all right. <laughs> I think it's just. And maybe I was like a grumpy mood or something. I'll give it another chance. I think it's it's trying to be two different movies at once, like a serious football high school drama and like a goofy MTV silly movie. Mm-hmm. And they don't really mesh, so that's why it's kind of like just okay. Yeah, <laughs> I get what you're saying. Let's tell the truth about Varsity Blues. <laughs> Let's. After 25 years, <laughs> we're telling the truth about Varsity Blues. No one has told the truth about Varsity Blues until now. Till right now, but. Uh, that's it for the Jets. I'd recommend probably I See You, um, maybe Get the Terrorists. What about you? Um, the ones I mentioned. Oh, geez. I, probably White Swan. Oh, uh, Assassin's Run. Assassin's Run. 
that okay. stands out. Uh, I don't know. I can't remember the ones you mentioned. <laughs> well, the package is immediate. Not I don't remember the package. So. I don't remember now. I mean, you know, we just talked about it. <laughs> I don't remember making it. But um, that's about it. Uh, I guess so, we did the plugs. Anything else you want to say? No, I think that's about it. It kind of covers it, except for thank you. Um, oh, yeah. To people. But, you know, uh, come up with reviews.net. Um, and then you've got Facebook, Twitter, and the like. So you can talk yeah, about that. Yeah, come up reviews.net under, uh, is the website. And under the face, it's on Facebook under that name. High Action Rocks is the Instagram. I posted Death House today. Uh, John Saxon. Weird movie. Yes, it's another one of these whack do movies that had all these sort of editing problems and production oh, problems. Oh, goodness, is there? There was like but, mob funding supposedly, and there, there's a whole story <laughs> behind the making of that movie. That yeah, you don't want mob funding. No, you don't. You want to avoid the mob funding. <laughs> it wouldn't be great if the mob funding made all the well. You know the mob. I mean, it's all mad. alleged, by the way. You know, oh, it is allegedly, allegedly, money, allegedly, allegedly. Yeah. So, but let's think about this for a second. Let's just say you had mob money, and like the mob wants to like make the best movies available. So they made like let's say The Godfather, <laughs> or uh, True Romance. Or virtuosity, or like every movie that you love is made by the mob. And then they won <laughs> awards, so it'd be like at the Academy Awards, like, and the best picture goes to Vinny Walnuts Gigante, and he's like walking up, and he's, he's like walking a monster. <laughs> he's a monster, he's sunglasses on. Hey, yo, thanks for the Oscar over here. It's like, <laughs> I won the freaking Oscar. What do you think was going to happen? Get out of my way. And he has like a cigar. Like he pushes like you know Jack Palance or or Warren Beatty out of the way or something, or Marlon Brando because it's in the 70s. Yeah. It's like hey yeah. yo, I won the Oscar. Away. It's like thanks again. It's like, it's like if I didn't win, it'd be nice Oscars you got here. <laughs> be a shame if somebody took it away. Yeah, yeah. And he's like beating someone with an Oscar. Like in yeah, like just see that yeah. he just he just beats someone else. He's like he beats I feel like Hume one Cronin. of these like. No, and that wouldn't be no. him crying. Be one of these starlet people. It'd be like Taylor Swift, and she'd say like, "You oh. don't deserve that." It's like, "I don't deserve it." I don't yeah, I do. <laughs> you deserve this, and then you start. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and there's like a there's like an Oscar like kind of stamp over her head. It's like, oh, okay. It's like, <laughs> oh boy. So, so that's a funny end to do this. So we'll just end that there. So there <laughs> well, we on a high, if you call it that. that. I think so, we have uh, something there though. The mob making all the best movies. So. Well, we can mention that to Matt, see what he says. I will. I, I think that's going to be a hit, because it's fun to do this uh, gangster impression. So it's like... <laughs> um, that's all right, it. so that's it. Thanks for listening, and uh, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Not uh, Hume Cronin. He's not, he's not an LFO. <laughs> <laughs>